Welcome to the Reclaiming Your Identity podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Carrigar Kearns, owner of coaching company Inspired Life Solutions Limited. With over 18 years of knowledge and experience in both psychology and social work, this weekly podcast will show you how I learned my success from the success of others and how I figured out who I really am. I'll share real talk with you about the people I've worked with and also the people I've had to let go. You'll learn how to value unpleasant experiences as a place of reference rather than a place of residence and how to focus on what you can control rather than what you can't. You will never heal in the same place that made you sick and so it's time for you to figure out who you really are instead of who you think you're supposed to be. It's time for you to reclaim your identity. Hello guys and welcome to this week's episode of the Reclaiming Your Identity podcast. Today I'd like to speak to you about three things that I believe are three things we need to help us to become successful in the things that we want to be successful at. This is something that I learned many years ago when I was at university And as I have had more life experience and as I have widened my learning and improved on the things that I already knew, I've realized that I do these three things automatically every single day, multiple times a day. And this is something that's helped me to get where I am right now. But it's only when I've looked back, when I've been working with my clients on my signature program and I deliver this information to them in a much more personalized and a much more effective way, I have looked and I realized that actually this is what I have always done. And this is something that I think everybody ought to be told about and to be made aware of so that they can choose also whether or not it's something they want to follow. What I'd like to speak about are three things that we all need to create success for ourselves. Okay. I'm going to explain each one of them in detail, but the three things that they are, we've got imitation, integration, and innovation. So imitation refers to knowledge that we're looking for. It refers to what and why we want to know something or to have something or to do something or to be something. We need that knowledge and we need to find people that have got that knowledge already and start to use it in the way that they are using it. So we are imitating what they do. We are copying them in our own way. So this is, can be as simple as seeking advice from somebody. It can be asking a question to somebody that you trust, that you know will have the answer and that you can believe has given you what you need to know and not what you want to hear. It's about trusting somebody's skills. So somebody who knows the things that you want to learn about, that you want to find out more about. If you go out to that person and ask them for their help, they will tell you what you need to know and how to go about it. And then we go out, you go out, I go out, and we try to replicate what they've advised us to do to help us on our journey to our own success. So we see this with role models as well. We see this often with, you know, young adults and they see role models and sometimes The role models might not be, in our opinion, as a parent, perhaps I was an older person. It might not be what we think is an ideal role model for that child or for that young adult. But in that person's eyes, that's who they're looking up to. And there will be certain behaviours, certain habits that the role model is doing 
are showing us that the child will try to replicate or the young adult will try to replicate, will try to copy, will imitate. But this doesn't have to be a bad thing because what that person is doing is they're realising that something has worked for somebody else. So maybe it could work for me too. So it's what are they doing? Why are they doing it? How can I do this too? How do I find out more about this? So I'm going to give you an example that applies to me. So some of you will know this and some of you don't know this already. But alongside my coaching programs that I deliver and the products and services that I offer, I'm also studying a PhD at university. And my PhD is in the exact same topic as this podcast. It's about reclaiming your identity. And my focus of that PhD is to look at the identity in men, in males, and how that's changed over the past 14, 15 months of the UK pandemic, of the UK lockdown, how the identity of certain people, which for my PhD, I'm looking at people in the live events industries as some people that have been unable to work for a length of time or who have been very insecure about when they could go back to work or even if they could ever go back to work. Some of these people didn't know whether their place of work was going to ever reopen again, you know, into liquidation. Was it going to go bust? Was the jobs ever going to be back for them? What I'm looking at is people who feel like they're now somebody different than they were at the start of the pandemic. So for me, it's very, very relevant to what I deliver to you as clients and as listeners. So for me to work as a coach, I have got exactly the right people, i.e. my clients, that are going to be my research participants because I already have access to the people who can tell me exactly what it's like for them, what it was like, what it is like now, and what they want it to be like in the future. So in terms of imitation and seeking knowledge, I've got access to those people in advance of when I actually need it, because I don't need to get access to those people for 12 more months yet because that happens in year two of my PhD, and I'm only in year one. Albeit an extended year one, due to the lockdown last year, my three-year course has been extended now to four and a half years. But that doesn't matter, because I'm not in any urgency to complete it and to finalise it, because it's, it's very fluid, it's an ongoing process. It's still happening in the UK now, so I've no intention of trying to speed up the results process of something that's still very raw for my clients for my research participants. So in terms of imitation, what I'm doing, I have a supervisor who helps me with my work at university. I have two supervisors. One has got a doctorate degree in the topics I'm interested in already. And one of them is a professor. For the academics on here who are listening, a professor is the highest level of academia you could ever be. You can't get any more, you can't get any higher than a professor. So my two supervisors, I see both of them both together. More often than not, they're both at the same time in the same place. Obviously, in the last 12, 13, 14 months, the meetings have been virtual and they haven't been exactly as any of us would have planned at the start of the PhD. However, that's not the issue now because now we can have face-to-face meetings again. But the point I'm making to you guys listening to me now is I have access to any information that I need by asking my professor, asking my supervisors, what it is that I need from them. So they can't tell me what I need to do, 
but they can advise me on what worked for them when they did this. When they did their studies, what did they do? What order did they do it in? How did they do it? What should I not be doing? What's the most urgent? What are my priorities going to have to be? You see, I could go onto Google or onto the internet, or I could go looking in books in libraries, in the university library, in Manchester Central Library, which is my local library. I could go in and spend hours trying to find the information I need in there. And albeit from different books, I will be able to most likely come up with something of a fashion. But there's nothing like being able to just access that information whenever I want by asking the people that already know the answers before I've even asked them. So it makes perfect sense for me just to ask my supervisors. You know, I create a chart of my studies. I had to create and plan a chart and it's called a Gantt chart. So for anybody on here who's listening, who's into project management, perhaps you might be familiar with what I mean here. But for those of us who are not, it's basically a chart or a graph. It looks a bit like a a bar chart. And what it does is it spans out and it plans out the full program. So for me, originally it was three years. So this chart showed everything I'm going to be doing over the next three years, as it was, how often I was going to do it, what it was going to overlap with, how much time I had to do each area. It was all different colours, all labelled up. It looked really, really good. I was so proud of it. So I'd never, ever even heard of a Gantt chart. And when I found out what one was on Google, I thought, I can't do that. I don't know how to input my information into that. There's a lot more to it than what I'm seeing here because I don't do project management. I'm not overseeing a project as such in that respect. I'm creating one and I need to know what information to put in there in the first place to then design the chart. So I went to my professor and my supervisor and I said, can you help me please? Number one, I don't actually know what to put in this chart. And number two, I don't know how to set it up. And guess what they did? They sat with me and we came up with a plan of what we're going to include. This was like a a first pass, if you like. It was like a first draft. What was going to be included? How much time to associate with each one? What should be overlapping? What must we keep very separate? What's got flexible in terms of time? What's not flexible? What's very, very specific and must be done at a specific time and sort of nothing else either side of that? There was lots of stuff, lots of information that I wouldn't have thought about that they just gave to me because that's what they do. So I could then create my chart by doing what they did when they did their charts, by imitating. I imitated, I copied what they did, I sought their advice, I trusted their skills, and they were my role models, and they still are my role models, because they are helping me to do a piece of work that I haven't done yet, and I don't know how it's going to finish. But I trust that whatever I need, those two supervisors can give it to me. So I just go with it, and I'll ask for the help when I need it. So that's the importance of imitating, of finding the knowledge, seeking the knowledge that you need. Now, secondary to imitation, we've got integration. And integration is where we put into practice the things we've learned. So the knowledge we've already learned, the things we've been taught to do, we then integrate it into real life. So it's the skill set, it's how to do this. How can we make this real? How can we implement this? How can we make this a routine and do this every day? You know, it's about genuinely wanting to do it and not doing it because you think you should, but because you want to. So for me, this would be where I started to action the things I had been told to do in the previous section. So my supervisor had previously told me to do this, to do that. So then I went away and I began to action the things they had told me by integrating it into what I was doing. So I was collecting research, for example. I wasn't just collecting it and leaving it. I was collecting it and making use of it 
action in it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. Because if you look at it like this, you could have a pile of books on your desk, on your table at home, and never open any of them. So it might look good to anybody else that you've got a pile of these specific books on your desk. But if you've no intention of ever opening them and reading them, what's the point of having them? So having the knowledge might be fine. The knowledge is there. It's closed up on the table, but it's inside those books. But without looking at it, actioning it, integrating it, making it routine, believing in it and wanting to do it, then it's a waste of time. So integration is key. Integration must follow imitation because otherwise you've completely wasted your time. So as I say, with my PhD, this might be starting to action what I've been told to do, what's been suggested to me. It might be where I go and collect information. I might be collecting research data. I might be arranging meetings with people. I might be, I might be organizing a, a trip to visit somebody. You know, there's, there's all kinds of different things, but this is what I would, must do to make things right. And following that, we have innovation. And innovation, when you hear that word, it makes you think of a creation of something new, bringing together something, of producing something, an enterprise, entrepreneurship, a design, a production. You know, all those words are conjured up with the word innovation. And ultimately, it's where there's a desire and a need and a want to produce something. So we've gone from collecting the knowledge from the people we trust we then start to action that knowledge and bring it into real life. But we must then present that knowledge and we must then show other people how to use that knowledge to create the change, i.e. the success that we're looking for. With respect to my PhD again, this would refer to the actual production of the research paper, the final piece of work. But what we must remember is the context of what I am studying is still ongoing in real life. The lockdown, the UK lockdown. The restrictions, as I record this podcast for you now, the restrictions are still active. We're not away from it yet. I'm recording this now to you in June 2021. So we are still here in the UK, unable to open certain sectors of the world. We're unable to do certain things still. So I can't foresee end result yet, nor do I want to. That isn't going to come for at least two and a half to three years yet. But that's the time that we need to assess what is happening? What has happened to the people who have lost their identity or who are not sure of their identity and how we can move them forwards? And it goes hand in hand with my coaching programs, with my signature 90 day program in particular. In that program, we do look a lot at where we want to go from where we're at now. And we realistically look and we set goals. We set a 12 point plan. We set reasons. We set what our whys, our values, our morals are all very important. And that is the end result. But the end, the end is not static. It's always, always fluid. It moves, it changes. The overarching end result is going to change. But what doesn't change is that that's what we want to do to succeed. That's how we are creating our success. So we have to continue to imitate and we have to continue to integrate that stuff to then be able to innovate it all. So we need to look at these three words as being on, being on like a spectrum, I guess is the best way to describe it to you. Because we can move along that line, along that spectrum, backwards and forwards. We can overlap. We can do all three things at once. So on some occasions, we will be doing all three things at once. You could be a supervisor in the place where you work or a manager, maybe. And maybe you've got different people under you that are doing things and you need to listen to somebody 
above you as to how best to advise those beneath you. So you've got to imitate what somebody else is telling you for you to then pass on to those beneath you. Also got to integrate it because you've got to be showing them currently how to do these things as well as learning it on the job, if you like. So not only are you trying to learn it as you go along, you're also trying to teach it to the new people or the people that don't yet know it. And at the same time, you're innovating because you're building the company, the business. You know, it's, it's all three stacked up together and you can move. We can all move between each of these. We can overlap. We can be doing two. We can be doing all three at once, maybe just one. Backwards and forwards, there's no rules. These are very fluid words. They're very fluid actions, very fluid reasons. It's very important that we understand that they're not static and you don't simply just stop one and start another because that's not productive. It's far from it. High performance, which is something I've spoken about before and something I'll continue to speak to you about. High performance is very, very, very real in my 90-day program and I teach you exactly how to be a high performer. But for the purpose of this episode today, high performance is the things you need to be doing and not to be doing to get better at something. So for what I want to say about that here is you can understand that you can imitate and integrate and innovate all at the same time. You can do those things. It's good to be doing all of them and not just one of them because the end result is never still, it's never final. And it's important that you understand and you can resonate with the fact that life changes, things come up, things will throw us off path. So you could be in the innovation phase of doing something new, creating something, and then something happens, i.e. lockdown last year, and everything gets turned upside down and you go back to what you know worked, which was imitation, and start again. These things happen and this model, it allows for that. And the integrated, the three titles, imitation, integration, and innovation are in fact all integrated in that they work together. You know, they produce habits. They teach us habits, things we should be doing. And on the flip side of that, they're teaching us things we shouldn't be doing. So my PhD, we have regular meetings with my supervisors, i.e. every four weeks, which was what I asked for. Wasn't what I was told or suggested to me. It's what I asked for to keep me on track, to make sure I'm accountable for what I'm doing. So I'm constantly with my supervisors, finding out information and imitating what they're telling me. At the same time as doing that, I'm integrating what I'm learning into my real life. I'm actioning it. I'm making it real. And as well as that, I'm producing my final piece of work by using what I have found already and keeping notes, keeping copies of what I've found already, which will then all culminate in two and a half to three years time to create the desired outcome, i.e. the research paper. But this is repetitive because I'm doing all three at once, but I'm continuously seeing my supervisors because I want their consistent input because I can't work at my best if I don't know what I need to be doing. Yeah. So imitation, integration and innovation, three very important things that we all ought to be doing to create our own success. And whatever your success, your idea of success might be, whether that's a new job, whether that's maybe moving house, maybe that's getting a new car, maybe it's booking a holiday, whatever it could be, those three things will work for you if you implement them. And if you're interested in knowing more about that and how to apply them to yourselves, you can reach out to me and I will tell you what I can offer to you that will work best for you. I do have different products. 
I have told you about my 90-day signature program, but I also have other products as well. It may be more suitable for you. I can't help people unless they ask me to, which is exactly what I do with my supervisors. I reach out to them all the time. I see them once a month, but I speak to them at least once a week. Even if it's just to say hello and let them know I'm doing okay and I don't actually need anything from them at that time. It's still contact. It's important. And it's how we move forwards. It's how we become high performers. And it's how we become successful at whatever it is we're trying to do. So this week, guys, I'd really like for you to think about what your idea of success is. You can have multiple. It doesn't have to be just one. I know I've got lots of things I want to achieve and I have to make sure that I'm imitating, I'm integrating and I'm innovating for each of them. So I'd like to have a think about what it is that you'd like to be successful in and I'd like you to have a think about how you're going to do those three things to help you on your way. And please do get in touch with me if there is anything else that you want to know about me or what I'm doing or how I can help you. Because as I I say, I can't do that if I don't know who I need to speak to. I can't help you if you don't tell me that you want the help in the first place. I'm just happy to tell you what I know works for me. But ultimately, if you need some one-to-one support... Maybe you're looking for some group support to work with other people who feel the same as you. That's also something I can offer to you. So if you keep that in mind for this week, guys, and I'd like to thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon. I hope you have a great day and a great week. Take care, guys. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining me here today on this week's episode of the Reclaiming Your Identity podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd love for you to share with a friend. And also please subscribe, rate and review the show on your favourite podcasting platform. If you have any questions, feedback or you'd like to join me as a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at joanne.ckearns at inspiredlifesolutionslimited.com. Thank you for listening. Take care.